0: Good afternoon and welcome to Midday Magazine for Friday, June 2nd. I'm Shelby Herbert reporting for KFSK. Happy Friday. An Anchorage jury has found a Washington man guilty in the 2017 killing of his friend and romantic partner, a prominent Ketchikan surgeon, Dr. Eric Garcia. 38-year-old Jordan Joplin was found guilty of first and second degree murder and first degree theft. Patty Sullivan, a spokesperson for the state's Department of Law, confirmed the verdict to KRBD on Thursday. Joplin's sentencing is scheduled for October 5th this year, according to Sullivan. Per Sullivan, Joplin can't be sentenced to less than 30 years, but no more than 101 years. Ketchikan police found Dr. Eric Garcia, 58, dead at his home in March of 2017 after Joplin called asking for a welfare check. Joplin let police into Garcia's residence. An autopsy was conducted and didn't show any clear signs of how Garcia died. A toxicology screening was ordered. A statement from the Department of Law issued during the trial's opening arguments said that Garcia died from a fatal dose of morphine. Other drugs, including methadone, diazepam, and lorazepam, were also found in his system. The statement also said Joplin had a video showing Garcia, unconscious, in the same clothes and position as when he was found dead, and that Joplin tried to ship about 4,000 pounds of Garcia's belongings to Washington. An assistant attorney general for the department told KRBD that Joplin had been in a romantic relationship with Garcia for six years before the surgeon died. The 2023 school year has come to a close. And Petersburg community, the Petersburg community came to the high school gym on Tuesday to celebrate 21 graduating seniors. The grads tear, tearfully thank their loved ones as they entered the next chapter of their lives. Here's more from the ceremony. The class of 2023 marches into the school gym in time with pomp and circumstance, draped in royal blue robes and carrying bouquets of roses. Superintendent Erica Klupehainer is presiding over the event. The students take their places in two neat rows on the court, and Klupehainer gives them leave to hand out their flowers to loved ones in the stands. Once they've returned to their spots, Clu painter opens the ceremony.
1: Welcome to this momentous occasion where we gather together to celebrate the culmination of years of hard work and achievement. Today, we recognize and applaud your growth, resilience, and commitment. Congratulations graduates and welcome to your high school graduation ceremony.
0: Clu painter pauses to recognize two PHS faculty members who are retiring this year veteran teachers Greg Kowalski and Thomas Thompson. Then she hands the podium over to the salutatorian. Graduating senior Stacey Eilenberger plans to attend Georgetown University in Washington DC to study foreign affairs. Her speech was full of thanks and well wishes to the friends, faculty, and family members who supported her cohort over the years. I
2: would like to thank all of the family members present tonight. I, for one, am so proud of everyone in front of me today. Your support and patience in watching and helping us grow have turned us into respectable people. While it may seem like time can't move fast enough for us to get out and explore the world, I know that for you, you may wish that time could slow down or stop forever. The unfaltering love that you have shown us all is something that I believe we will never forget.
0: Next, Kyle Biggers steps up to the mic. Biggers is a multi-sport athlete. He plans to attend Whatcom College in Washington State and play collegiate basketball and study engineering. He briefs the audience on the class history and some hijinks from their earliest days.
3: i like to flashback all the way to kindergarten. You guys remember that little stream that we had on the side of that fence in the playground and on rainy day? There'd be a bunch of water and stuff running through it. You don't have like several people pumping water or making games whatever. You know, looking back on it seems to very stupid, but it was actually very entertaining back then, entertained a lot of kids.
0: And hijinks all the way to their senior year.
3: In the beginning of the senior year, the aquaculture class took a, five, uh, a trip to Five Mile Creek to pluck some salmon eggs and milk, some own eggs from the aquaculture class. Anyway, we were getting to get a little bored, so one of us threw a dead fish at someone else, and then we threw it back at that person.
0: Bakers closes out a speech by honoring his peers for the variety of their post-high school plans. He says... Despite their small size, they're pursuing a broad spectrum of different paths after graduation.
3: We have students going to trade school for real estate and using mechanics. We have several of us going to university. We have three of us going to participate in college sports, and each one of us a different sport. One of us is going to art school, another went to the military. We have some who want to stay in town and continue to work in the fishing industry, or some who want to go and eventually run the family business. The list goes on, but the small group of us have a very large variety of talents, and we are a very good I've enjoyed watching all this
0: grow up. As part of a long-held tradition, PHS grad Alexis Sakamoto Kazon announces the class of 2023's gift to the school, new pads for the gym, each featuring a Viking boat design.
3: My class and I are very thankful for our community's love and support throughout the years and we won't ever forget it. Thank you.
0: After graduation, Sakamoto Kazon plans to attend Northern Arizona University to study dental hygiene, Deirdre Toyamura is the class of 2023 valedictorian. Over her high school career, she was a multi-sport athlete, competing in cross country and wrestling. She plans on attending Simpson College in Iowa, where she'll study marine engineering and continue wrestling. In her tearful address to her classmates, she offers some wisdom she picked up from the sport. You know, I have been a wrestler for
3: a while, so I think it's only appropriate that I'll tell you about some of the life lessons I've learned from it. You put into something will show in the end. The math is pretty straightforward. If you apply yourself consistently to something, whether it is a sport or a passion, you will see results. The second ties into the first one, and it is that results are instant. It takes years to be great at something, it doesn't happen overnight. You'll struggle and fail when you go to put in work, and it will be disappointing and frustrating. But what you see as failures are only steps towards success.
0: Then, PHS social studies teacher and baseball coach, Jim Engel, gives the final address. He implores the graduates to embrace kindness as they start the next leg of their journey.
3: Being kind requires each of us to have empathy for the other guy. It requires us to give grace to those who are struggling and even to those who are annoying us. It requires us to resist the temptation to become angry. And by the way, I'm talking to you guys, but I'm, I'm kind of talking to myself too right now. Thank you again for the privilege of speaking to you tonight. And as is customary in the maritime industry, fair winds and following seas to you on your journey.
0: With that, Superintendent Clute Painter bids Petersburg High School's graduating class to turn over their tassels.
1: And now, the moment i you've all been waiting for students assembled before us have successfully met the state of Alaska and Petersburg School District educational requirements pursuant to receiving a high school diploma. It is my honor to present to you the class of 2023
3: for the conferring of their diplomas.
0: And the crowd erupts in the stands. in Petersburg and with felicitations I'm Shelby Herbert Last week Governor Mike Dunleavy hosted a 3-day conference focused on Alaska's energy future The conference highlighted the state's efforts to increase fossil fuel p- production and boost renewables like wind and solar Climate, climate advocates say that's a big contradiction, but Alaska officials disagree.
2: Kavitha George reports. Renewable energy and fossil fuels. It often seems like we need to choose one or the other. But last week, Alaska officials made the case that the state needs both.
1: Alaska is known and will continue to be known as an oil and gas giant.
2: That's Alaska Governor Mike Dunleavy welcoming attendees from around the world to a sustainable energy conference in Anchorage. Alaska is an oil and gas state, he says, but it can no longer only be an oil and gas state.
1: So when we talk about energy for Alaska, it is going to be all in. It is going to be oil. It is going to be gas. It's going to be wind, it's going to be solar. It's going to be geothermal. It's going to be biomass. It's going to be nukes.
2: In an interview, Dunlavy broke down his administration's energy outlook. Selling oil and gas has long been a major revenue source for the state, supporting everything from schools to roads. But Alaskans have also always struggled with the high cost of energy at home. Dunleavy says Alaska should double down on exporting fossil fuels outside to bring money in, while at the same time building more renewable energy in state to lower bills at home.
1: We want to be a player on the world stage in oil and gas. Um, as well as coal as well as biomass internally we have to lower the cost of energy and make it stable and that's where you see a lot of the renewable concepts come into play
2: the cost to operate renewable energy projects has dropped dramatically in recent years meanwhile rural communities in Alaska face some of the highest energy costs in the nation often relying on expensive imported diesel and heating oil Dunleavy says for him, investing in renewables is not about lowering carbon emissions or combating climate change. It's just about securing cheap energy for Alaskans that's not tied to the volatile price of oil.
1: From my perspective, if a diesel generator could be uh, producing electricity at a very low cost consistently, we would consider that as well.
3: Historically, Alaskans have not pursued renewable energy because of climate benefits.
2: That's Philip White, an energy historian at the University of Alaska, Fairbanks.
3: We have pursued renewable energy because it has reduced our reliance on diesel and other higher cost fossil fuels. We've done it for economic reasons, not climate reasons.
2: White says this has been Alaska's approach for decades. Export fossil fuels for revenue and find the cheapest sources to use at home. But he says as climate change accelerates, this model no longer works. Alaska is facing the growing impacts of climate change, from sea ice loss and thawing permafrost to species die-offs. White argues that as long as Alaska continues to pull billions of barrels of oil out of the ground, the state is contributing to its own environmental problems.
3: Even if we get cheaper-priced domestic energy here in Alaska, we're still exacerbating a global problem, and a global problem where you know Alaska is warming four times faster than the rest of the planet. We're not escaping that problem. We're on the front lines of the climate crisis.
2: Proponents of fossil fuel production point out that there's no clear alternative revenue source if the state ended oil production. But experts like White predict that as the world transitions away from fossil fuels, eventually Alaska will have to stop drilling. Meanwhile, clean energy advocates like Rachel Christensen with the Alaska Center say the state still isn't doing enough to invest in renewables. And they'd like to see the governor do more. What we're seeing is just talk about the potential of solutions. We need to see him actually taking action on putting those into place. She points to two proposals that were taken up in the legislature this year. One would require utilities to source a certain amount of their energy from renewable sources, and another would help finance renewable projects in small communities. Dunleavy said he supported both, but neither passed. Christensen would also like to see the administration take climate change more seriously in its energy policy. It should be more than just an economic move. Our people and industries are already feeling the effects of the climate crisis, and we can't keep pushing these large-scale extraction projects for export just because it's what we've always done. Christensen says in an era of climate change and shifting global energy markets, what we've always done won't always work. In Anchorage, I'm Kavitha George.
0: A former advisor to Governor Mike Dunleavy, who resigned Tuesday amid an Alaska public media investigation, says he won't apologize in a new video posted to social media. Jeremy Kubis was Dunleavy's pro-family policy advisor until this week. That's when Alaska Public Media, working with APM Reports, asked the governor's office about the offensive views he aired on his podcast, called the Contra Gentilis, in the podcast Kubis says, said he thinks divorce is worse than rape, defended Hitler's views on race and used a racial slur against black people. In his Profanity Latin response video Wednesday, Kubis says the framework for his podcast is scholastic metaphysics. And he said he had a message for those who want to be outraged or for those who want to call him a racist, sexist, rape apologist or Nazi sympathizer.
3: I'm not going to apologize. I think that's pretty clear. I'm not going to say I'm sorry. I'm not going to backtrack what I said. Uh, you guys are nothing to me. You can't cancel me. You can't stop me.
0: Kubis also said he has no animosity for anyone who's a little scandalized and wants to delve deeper into his podcast. In a statement announcing Kubis's res- resignation this week, Den Levy said that derogatory statements do not reflect his values and will not be tolerated. Thank you so much for joining me for Midday Magazine. My name is Shelby Herbert, and I report for KF.